Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Uh, my name is Pastor Rob Taylor, and I'm, I want to share something with you guys. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Uh, we love you so much. Um, before I get ready to start, I want to start with a word of prayer. All right, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together and to come and seek your face and to hear a word from you. Lord, I ask for the anointing to be upon my lips and my life to, to share what you want to share, to touch the lives of those who you want to touch, God. Speak to us. We thank you for your love. I pray that you will show us through your word what love really is. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. All right. I'm excited to share with you today. Um, I'm going to share a word that I believe that God has put in my heart in one of the subjects I I cannot, like, ignore today. Today is Valentine's Day. So what are we going to talk about today? Love. Some of y'all are like, love. But it's okay. It's okay. By the end, it's going to be all right. So don't tune out. Uh, This message is going to speak to people no matter what area or stage of life you're in. Um, because everyone's at different places. Can I get an amen? And so I want to hit a whole bunch of different places today to encourage you, to build you up. Um, So I want to dive in on on a few things. I know that a lot of people might struggle with the concept of love, especially during this time with COVID. It's been crazy. Um, It's relationships have been tested. You should sort of see who's really your friend, who's not. You may not get a chance to really connect with people. Maybe you might feel a little bit lonely or depressed or maybe anxiety comes. And the enemy really tries to beat up people during this time. It's been crazy. The psychological pressure and stress that people are dealing with right now is just unheard of. It's high. People are experiencing things that they've never experienced before. But I really want to talk to us about why the love of God is extremely important for us to function, to grab a hold of, and to use in our lives. Because it will help us overcome the challenges that we face in everyday life. Can I get an amen? So, love can be seen in so many different ways. And in the world right now, we have a whole bunch of people proclaiming to be Um, professors of love. They share what they think is right, how a relationship should go, and how people should treat each other. Um, But it's not biblical. It doesn't share anything about the word of God. And people are living and learning how to love from YouTube, social media, music, movie, all these different types of avenues. But it is the word of God that will really teach us how to love. Can I get an amen? And so I want to talk about how the Word of God really impacts us no matter what stage of life we are living in. All right, so I want to go over three stages of life right now. Um, These are three stages, and I'm just making up the names for you guys, so don't get mad if you get offended. Don't get offended. All right, the first stage is single, ready to mingle. This, see, somebody said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. This stage right now, single, ready to mingle, is anyone that's uh, young or is not married, but they have a desire to to be married. And so not even just the fact that you're young, you could be older, maybe you just have a desire to be married and you're single, all right? 
The next stage is the marriage stage. If you actually are married and you ha you're with your spouse, there's a different type of love that you deal with when you come deal with marriage. And let me go back to the single and ready and mingle. That even includes people that are dating and that are engaged because you're not married till you're married. Can I get an amen? All right, so when you say I do is when it's done. That could preach right there. Goodbye. Um, and then the third, the third stage I want to talk about is unmarried. Um, maybe you're a widow or maybe you just chose not to, to get married. And you know that the Bible says that that's okay? I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But no matter where you're at, whether you want to get married, whether you're already locked down, or you just good by yourself, I want to talk about why it's important for us to really function in love. And I want to talk about what love actually is, because there's a lot of stuff out there that shows what love is not. And it's posing as love. And so you have to take the word of God and bring it in and face it next to what this world has to offer and see what's truth and what's a lie. And so I want to start off with saying this. Love is actually learned. That's my first point today. Love is actually learned. It's not just a feeling that just pops up. It's just not something that magically appears. It is, it is learned. We learn how to love. We learn how to express our love, and um, it's so important for us to understand that the Bible is almost like God's love letter to us, because he's trying to teach us more about him so that we can better learn how to love him, and not only him, but how to live, love each other. Uh, last Monday night at prayer, if you didn't get a chance to see, you can go watch it online, but we took some time to really pray um, the scripture 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read this uh, to you guys today. It says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I mean, that right there is the definition of what love is. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God is love. That's who he is. He is love. That's what he's designed of. And so he's given us keys throughout the word to show us what love really is. We have to learn love. All throughout the Bible, you see stories of people having interactions with God, and God would test them and see where their love really is, how they love. I mean, think about what he did for us, the sacrifices that he's made for us. He's laid out instructions on how to love our brothers, how to love our sisters, how to love our neighbors, how to love our enemies. I'm going to get there in a little bit. Just, just hold on. Just hold on. We're going somewhere. Love is actually learned. And you may not understand this, but there's some things that you have developed how to love someone based on how you live. And, um, you know, I am so grateful for marriage. I'm so grateful for my wife, my lovely wife, Rachel Taylor. 
God bless her. We've been married going on. This year will be five years married. So I know that's not a lot for some people. For us, amen. <laughs> five years, I'm so grateful, thankful for my beautiful wife. And um, I, I want to share a story about how I know that stuff is, you can learn how to love. Um, my, my wife, one thing I love about my wife and her family is that uh, they are a very loving family, and they are a very caring family, and they absolutely adore their father. They adore their father, and that is amazing. I'll tell you one story. We, uh, uh, at this time, we were actually staying with her parents for a little bit as we were working on getting a house, which we got the house, and uh, we stayed there for a while, little while, so we get to see them all the time, right? So we go out to this restaurant, and we're sitting down with some guests, and uh, we're sitting down having a meal. And lo and behold, my in-laws get out the car, and we can see them walking into the restaurant. It wasn't planned. They just came to get some food there. And my wife saw her daddy, and she was like, Daddy! She got up, ran out the door, gave him a hug, jumped into his arms. And I was like, didn't we just like leave the house not too long ago? And she, she loved him so much that she acted like she just saw he came back from war. And you know what? I love that because my wife is teaching my children how to love their father. Are you catching this? Her reaction to seeing her father is something that her children will see and honor and look at and replicate, not even knowing that they've learned it from her. There are people that in a marriage, you might be married now, the only way that you figured to learn how to love is just to make sure the bills are paid. Because that's how your father, he didn't do anything much in the house, but he just made sure the bills were paid. He wasn't very affectionate, but the bills were paid. And that was his, he was, that was his way of showing how to love. And so now you're a grown man and you don't know how to love because that's the only way that you saw how to love. Love is learned. And so what we have to understand is we have to understand what have we learned and what can we learn. Maybe you didn't have the best example growing up. Maybe you haven't seen a lot of good marriages. Maybe most of the people around you that you know end up in divorce or never even get married at all. Well, God can show you how to love someone and how to get, get, have a good marriage. Can I get an amen? amen? To all the single people out there, God can give you a husband. God can give you a wife that loves the Lord and loves you. You don't have to settle. You do not have to settle. Learn what it means to love. And when you learn what it means to love, then you will know what love looks like when it comes into your life. Can I talk to the single people for a little bit right now? The single ready-to-mingle people. Can I talk to you for a little bit? So, let me tell you this. If you're single and you desire, keyword, you desire to be married, not just to be in a relationship, not just to hang out, not just go play around. If you are single and you desire to be married, one tip that I can give to you is pray for your spouse now. 
Pray for your future spouse now. And don't put somebody's name on it necessarily. And don't try to take somebody else's spouse. Let me just, I had to add that in there. If they're married, they're married. Leave them alone. Amen. Can I get an amen? Truth. That's truth. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you right now. People be trying to do that today. Pray for your spouse. And pray that God would prepare you for your spouse. A lot of times people like to focus on what their spouse is going to be and don't even take the time to work on them to be prepared for marriage. And in this day and age, we have a lot of people that are ready for instant stuff. They want stuff instantaneously. That's why so many people like stuff that they can get instantaneously. They go through drive throughs They go to uh, uh, stores. Sometimes people use their prayer like what I have underneath this cloth. Their, this, their prayer for their spouse, this is some of their prayers. I'm going to show you what it looks like. Some people want an Amazon Prime prayer. God, give me my husband in two days. God, I need my wife by Monday, Tuesday the latest. God, you know I've been waiting. It's been a while. It's about time. God, I need my Amazon Prime spouse. See, the... Now, there's nothing wrong. I actually use Amazon Prime a lot for, for many different things, but let me tell you something. When you want something custom made, it ain't going to come in two days. If you want something basic, I mean, you can get anything in two days. Can I get an amen? You can get anything in two days, but if you want something like custom made, it's going to take a little bit more than two days. It won't take forever. It don't have to take forever. But it might take a little bit longer than we, we anticipate. But a lot of times people get discouraged and get uh, disappointed when they don't see their Amazon Prime spouse come into the picture when God might already have somebody in your face, but you're not even looking at them. Ooh, I'm hitting some stuff today. Amazon Prime faith. We want, to, we want it now, we want it in two days. But let me tell you something. While you're praying that God will work on your spouse and that God will work on you, he's already orchestrating some things to come into place. I mean, you don't have to settle just for anybody. And you also don't have to expect that when you see that person that they're going to be perfect. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. You can ask my wife. I am not perfect. She's not perfect. We we weren't perfect. I I can tell you that when we went on our very first date, um, can I just just be real for a little bit? When when we went on our first date, you know, one of the the concerns, one of the thoughts for me was like, will she be able to to be equally yoked with me in, in ministry and what God has called me to do? even though she may not necessarily be at a specific place where I would see my mind, but I had to know that there was potential for us to carry things together. Because you know the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. And what that means, and I see some of y'all in your head picturing like an egg with a yolk spilling out, 
That's not what he's talking about. A yoke is what they would put upon oxen, two oxen, and uh, they would put the yoke on the oxen and they will pull together to do work in the field. And when the Bible says do not be unequally yoked, what it's saying is you don't want a strong ox with a weak ox. Because what's going to happen is the strong one will be dragging the weak ox all around and it will never be able to produce as much as it could if it had someone that had the same pulling power. Woo! And some of us have been in relationships where this is what you've been doing the whole time. Dragging them along, dragging them in their faith, dragging them in their calling, trying to get them to one place, and you get tired. But when you got somebody that you're equally yoked with, you can do work and do so much more together. You can accomplish so many more things together. So you got to learn about love. You got to learn about people. You got to learn about what you want. Do you know what you want in a spouse? Do you know what you want in your marriage? Do you know what a good marriage even looks like? Can you name five marriages that you see that are healthy? See, a lot of people want the stuff without taking the opportunity to learn about it. If you want to love, and you want to really know what love actually is, you have to study this word of God. You have to seek out and see how God loved so much, what he did so much to, to, to bring us into relationship with us. With him. Let me go on to the next point. Love actually is expensive. Love actually is expensive. It costs. Like, think about it. If you love something, you're going to spend money on it. Right? If you love something, you're going to spend money on it. Ladies, how many of y'all love shoes? I see that. And me. You go to the store and you see a nice pair of shoes, what are you going to do? Cha-ching! Yo, some of y'all with your Amazon Prime faith got so much stuff in your save list you just waiting for that check to come. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you love something, it's expensive. Don't, it's, just, it's just fact. Like, when I was single, you know, I had to pay for my meal. When I when started dating, the meals doubled. You know, it's, it's expensive. But you know what? Just, it's expensive, but it's worth it. Love costs something. You know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, verse 23, it says, God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. If you want to talk about expensive, God has expensive taste. And he paid a high price for all of us. And, he, and in the high price that he paid, he was like, don't, don't go back and try to live in this world when I already paid for you to be free. Love actually is 
expensive and Jesus Christ, Christ paid the price for us so that we don't have to be enslaved by this world. So love is actually expensive. What does that really look like? It requires time. It requires energy. It requires emotions. Anything you love in life has a cost. You might just love air. You know, all the stuff going on with COVID-19, you probably put a whole new air filtration system in your house. That's how much you love air. If you love it, you're going to put money on it. You're going to spend time. You're going to spend energy, effort. You're going to put things uh, in order for you to do it. Some of you love sports so much. Anybody like sports? Oh, yeah, we got a couple guys in here like, yeah, I like sports. They will cut out anything going on. If a game is on, don't talk to them. Don't talk to them. And don't their team dare be losing because y'all going to hear about it. When you love someone, it costs something. When you're dating with someone, when you're talking to someone, it costs. When you're married, it costs something. Even if you're unmarried, it costs something. You know, let me talk to the people that are unmarried in the sense that you feel like God has called you to stay single. God can do that. God can give you the grace to do that. But you know the Bible talks about it's not good for men to be alone in Genesis. So God wants us to be around people. And so maybe you don't have a spouse to take care of, but maybe God's put on your heart to really be a blessing to a particular family or to certain friends, to to different ministries you want to be a part of, God can touch your heart to be a blessing to people all around you, even in your singleness, even in, in the stage of being unmarried and being wholeheartedly going after God. And I want to go over a scripture in a little bit to, to, to talk about this. Actually, let's, let's go back. We're in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 20, uh, 32 through 35. It says this. If you want to be free from the concerns of this life, an unmarried man can spend his time doing what the Lord's work, doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So, if you are unmarried and you desire not to be married, maybe you, your, your spouse passed away and you just never really felt like endeavoring in another relationship. It's okay. If you feel like, you know what, I don't think I want to be married. I want to give my strength completely to the Lord. It's okay. I can tell you, when you get married, you do have to take care of the things of this world with your family, your responsibilities, your spouse. Your attention is divided. You can still love God. You can still do great things for God. But it's, it's a different stage. It's a different cost. But even 
saying, God, in my unmarried state, I'm going to give you everything. That's love. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. That's love. And you know what? It saves you from the heartache of being in relationships that aren't meant for you. Now, God can speak that to you. Some of you are here like, "Mm mm-mm, that can't be me. I need to be married. I need to be with someone. And you know what? Amen. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how God designed you. That's how God wired you. God wires us all differently. We all have different things in our lives that God has wired us to do. Some have a grace to do one thing while some has a, a grace to do another. And we cannot judge people for where they're at. Can I get amen? Because you don't know what God is doing in their life. You don't know how God is working in their life. God wants you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. For those that are single, ready to mingle, to help you serve the Lord best means that if you have a desire to get married, you should do it at the right time instead of going out here sleeping with people, not committing. You know what the crazy thing is? If you take a look at the world today, people are so afraid of marriage. Has anybody ever seen that? Like marriage is almost like, it seems like it's unheard of for some people. Like, it's not, it's why are you getting married? You can just stay together. You can just live together. Why have that kind of commitment, that kind of pressure? Uh, I take a look. I, I worked with youth for years, and I could see, uh, sometimes I'll ask them, how many of you want to get married? I would just do a, a blind um, poll. And there will always be a couple hands that wouldn't go up for different reasons. Maybe their parents got divorced, and they don't want anything to do with that. Maybe they've never seen a healthy relationship before, so why should they try to get one? But the enemy has so twisted marriage, so twisted it, that people don't even see the benefits of it. And that is a life in the pit of hell. There are so many great, wonderful blessings that come out of being married, and there's so many great, wonderful blessings out of being wholeheartedly committed to the Lord. Whichever way you are, God will bless you for where you're at. Amen? Point number three. Love actually is easy and hard. <laughs> love is actually easy and hard at the same time. It is absolutely true. You can love someone. It's so easy to love some people, and then it can be so hard to love some others. We're just going to be honest, right? Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Let me tell you, for some of us, it is so easy to love ourselves. I'm going to treat myself today. I'm going to go out shopping. I'm going to go to the whatever, restaurant and order whatever I want to eat. You know, it's so easy to love us. You wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, be like, oh, look what the Lord created. 
Look at that goodness. Hallelujah. You know, some of us love ourselves so maybe a little too much. Imagine if you love people the way that you love yourself. It's easy to love ourselves. You know, we're going to look out for ourselves. You know, Thanksgiving comes around, and you see the plate, and you see a piece of chicken that you like. What are you going to do? You're going to go get it. You're going to make sure you get that piece before anybody else does. You love yourself. You see something that you like. You go shopping. You see a piece of clothing that you like. You're going to say, you know what? I deserve this. I'm going to get this for myself. And you start blessing yourself. We like to take care of ourselves. But as soon as other people get in the picture, it can be a different story, right? Sometimes it's hard to love our neighbors. Because sometimes our neighbors might be annoying. Sometimes our neighbors just come at the wrong time. <laughs> you ever have somebody come at your house at the wrong time? It's like, dude, just, you could have texted me or called me or something. All right, but let's figure this out. You know, you have to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Sometimes we find it easier to love God, a being that we cannot even see. We find it more easy to love God than it is to love people. We'll spend time praying. And then you go to the grocery store and you start cussing out the cash register. I don't, you, uh, people be doing that. I, I was talking about this the other day. I, you know, some of the people in the, in the service industry, they do not like serving Christians. In the service industry, most of them do not like serving Christians because Christians tend to be the most dramatic ones with the most expensive taste with the little budget. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, and they'll go out, they'll, have, they'll, they'll go out to restaurants, have this big dinner, and then yell at the waitress, get mad at them, get angry at them, don't leave a tip. If you're a Christian and you don't tip people, you need to take that with God. <laughs> Let me help you out. Everything that we do represents Jesus Christ. Everything. So don't come to church, don't be at home bucking and praising, and then get through the drive-thru and catch an attitude with somebody. Are y'all hearing me? Because how can that be, and then say, oh, you should check out our church. Nobody want to come to your church. Nobody want to come to your church and you got an attitude. No, we have to be, we have to love people, even if they do wrong to us. You know how many times I didn't want to give somebody a tip because they either had a bad attitude or the food wasn't right or something was going on that I didn't, I didn't like it. And I think maybe once or twice in my life I was like, you, you're definitely not getting something. But other times, God's like, I still want you to bless them. I still want you to be a light to them. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know how this will bless them. You don't know how this is going to impact their life. Yes, love, you, we love to bless people that do great things. They take care of you. Yes, I want to bless you. But when God says bless that person, uh-uh, they're not getting my money. We, we have to get out of that mindset. We have to love people like we love ourselves. 
it's easy to love ourselves. But God can teach us how to love our neighbors. It's easy to live by yourself. It's hard when somebody else is in your space taking your stuff. Some people are like, I can't wait to get married. I can't get, wait to get married. And then you get married, and then the toothpaste cap is on the floor somewhere. And you're like, what in the world? Why would she do that? Love is easy, but sometimes love can be hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? As soon as you get married and you're with that person all the time, you start seeing things like, I didn't see that before. I didn't. Is that is that what you do every day? Oh my goodness! I, if I had known this, I would have. We thought, how how much was how much did you spend on Amazon? You know, you know when you get married, you know you just deal with different things, and so the the loving part you get to spend together, especially when you're on a honeymoon, you get it's all great, and you get back to real life. Oh yeah. There's going to be some hard conversations, but you know what? There's going to be some beautiful ones as well. It's good. It's good. Anything. You, you take a look at God, everything that he does. There's, there's things that are great, and there's some things that may not be so great, but God will turn it around and work it around for our good. Love, just, it just takes work. People just think that love is just going to happen because you want love to happen, but it doesn't. It, it takes work. There are some good things that will happen when you love people. There are some bad things that might happen when you love people, but just because the bad things happen doesn't mean you don't love them. You don't disown your child because they make one mistake. You love them beyond that. And if you do disown your child because they make one mistake, then you never had a child. You had a job. If you don't love your husband or your wife, past a mistake, you, you, didn't, you didn't marry them, you just took a job with a roommate. With some benefits, maybe, maybe. And maybe some debt, I don't know. But you gotta love people when it's easy and when it's hard. Can I get an amen? I'm preaching, y'all, I don't know about you, but I'm getting happy. Is anybody getting anything out of this? All right. The fourth point I want to talk about. Love actually is powerful. It's one of the most powerful forces out there. Love. John chapter 3, verse 16. Many of us know this scripture. It says, for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. See, God's love was so powerful that he allowed for his son to die on the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a son and I don't know if there's anything I would ever do or anything that's ever worth it for me to say, you can kill my son. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't even fathom that. You can take the life of my son if you do this. I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't even want to think about it or talk about it. But God loved us so much that he gave 
his only son. He gave his only son so that we could have life, that we can have a relationship with him. That's powerful. That is absolutely powerful. When you function in love, it brings another level of power. It brings another level of strength. Jesus loved us so much that even in his darkest hour where God had to turn his back on him and let him lose his own life, Jesus loved us so much because he saw the purpose of his sacrifice. Jesus loved us so much, he saw the purpose of his dying. He said, I, I, I know I might die. If you could take this cup from me, do it. But God, your will be done, not my will. Because I know the glory, the salvation, the hope that's going to come forth from my sacrifice. Love is powerful. Love will make you do some crazy things. Love will give you strength that you never thought you ever had. I want to give it up to all the single mothers out here. Single moms that are raising kids by themselves. Maybe you have a child or two or three or four, whatever it is. You got a kid by yourself and you're taking care of it. Because you love that kid so much that you find strength to do things. You find strength to get up and go to work, even though they're tired. Your child ain't sleep all night. You, you find strength when you, when you don't even know how you're going to make your bills, but you keep seeking God and God comes in and miraculously provides for you. God gives people power when you love them. I got a story to share with you. I got two. This story her, is about a woman. Her name is Lydia. And in February 2006, her son and a couple kids in the neighborhood, this was in Quebec, very cold place. While they were playing, she saw a polar bear approaching the kids. She shouted to the children and ran before them, attacking the polar bear. Hitting and kicking it, she managed to fend it off long enough for the neighbors to shoot it. What's the kicker? The bear weighed 700 pounds and was eight feet tall. It took them four bullets to kill that bear. She only came out with a few scratches and a black eye. This woman fought off a bear. This is a true story. Because she loved her son enough to, and the kids that, were, that he was playing with, enough to go and defend a bear. How many of you would want to attack a bear? Not I. But you mess with my kids, square up. Let's go. Listen, in uh, in 1982, this lady named this mother named Angela, she was she was told that there was an accident, and she ran outside to find that her son Tony was trapped under a 1964 Chevy Impala. It, has, it was knocked off of a car jack while he was working on it, collapsing on him. She went and picked up the car about four inches up off of his, her son for about five minutes. She held that car by herself to the point to someone could come over and grab her son, drag him out from underneath the car and put it down. 
Don't mess with somebody's baby. See, when you love someone, there is a certain strength and power that comes out of you. It's almost like supernatural. She didn't, think, she didn't know anything, but her son was underneath this car dying, and she had the supernatural strength to lift up that car because she loved her son. Love actually is powerful. When you love someone, God can give you supernatural strength to help you out in whatever situation you're in. If you're single, ready to mingle, God can give you the power to sustain yourself and not give in to sexual desires before you get married. Can I get an amen? People don't like to talk about that now. But it's true. When the love comes, when you actually love, it empowers you to do what's right. When you love someone, he empowers you to stay in your marriage and not look to other sources for, for fulfillment. Love actually produces power that when you're unmarried, you're saying, I will give my heart solely to God. He will open up opportunities for you to minister to people, to love on them, to encourage them, to build them up. Love is so powerful. So powerful that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He stayed up there. He didn't say a word when they were beating him. He loved this that much. It, it, see, y'all know, you know what? If it was me being uh, uh, whipped and I was Jesus, none of us would be here right now. Nobody. Like, I would have called him, yo, Gabriel, um, where Michael at? Get him down here right now. He pinched me. He pinched me. Take them all out. You know, it would have been, been a done deal. But Jesus didn't say a word because he loved us that much. So if somebody says they love you and they don't, they don't, they don't do anything, they don't, they don't help, they don't care, do they really love you? Do you really love them? Now, here's the thing. If you're married and you're feeling that way, you need to deal with that. Because you said, I do, and it's done, and you should. And somebody's gonna, that's going to sink in for somebody. Don't say, yeah, Pastor Rob said if I don't love him. No, no, no. Love is learned. It's not just a feeling. It's an action. And even if you don't feel like you love that person, do the steps that is necessary that shows that you love them and the feeling will come. Woo! Is somebody getting that? That's for people that are married dealing with that. If you don't love the person that you're dating, well, why are you with them? Just get somebody else. Uh, I mean, like, you're not, you're not married. Break, off, break it off and go about your business and ask the Lord to show you who you're supposed to be with. Why waste your time and energy with someone that you know you're not even going to be with? Because it's COVID and you lonely? It's not worth it, baby. It's not worth it. God has so much more in store for you. Don't settle for this. Ooh, there's going to be some conversations tonight. But I'm trying to help somebody. God designed marriage for us, one husband and one wife, to be together forever until they leave this earth. Why take the risk and gamble to be with someone that you don't even care about? Or they don't even care about you? Now, if you're married, you said, I do. So you pray. 
You ask the Lord to show you how to love your spouse. You ask the Lord how you can forgive them, give them that God will give you the power to do what you're supposed to do in your marriage so that you can have a healthy marriage. God can change marriages around. I've seen God do it multiple times. And if you're unmarried, God will give you power to love people beyond yourself. Love is powerful. powerful. Bottom line, it will make you do things that are impossible. Some of you may never have the father in your life. God will teach you how to love your kids so much that they will never know what it means to not have a father in their life. He can show you what it means to be a man. He can show you what it means to be a woman, a wife, a daughter. This love is real. Is actually real. God loves us. He's given us plans. He shows us in his word how much he loves us. We got to grab hold of it. And my last point is that love actually is for everyone. Jesus did not die on the cross for a, a couple of people. You know, I'm just going to die on the cross for these people in the North America, the Australians, you are on your own to find a different savior. No, Jesus didn't do that. He died on the cross for everyone. God loves everyone. I'm going to go back to this point because I really feel like some of us need to hear this. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 says this. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is, it, is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that per word perfect means mature. When you love in a mature way, you can love your enemies. So we talk about loving God, people can do that. We talk about loving ourselves, all right, that's even better, that's even easier to do. We talk about loving our neighbors, okay, that might be a little tough, but I can do that. Talk about loving my enemies, ooh, I need help with that one. I can say a name and some people will get automatically offended. Trump, ooh. Some of y'all turned out. Pastor Rob said his name. I'm going to turn off the TV. You might not like him. You might not like him, but you still got to love him. You might not have liked Obama. You still got to love him. You might not like Biden, but you still got to love him. No, I can't love somebody that does that. Well, aren't you a Christian? 
what made you any different than anybody else in the world then? Oh, but I really just, I like my people. I like my family. I love them. I can deal with them. But these other people, you know, these black people, I can't deal with them. Really? You don't, you, you say you're a Christian, but you don't like someone because of the color of the skin? Oh, oh, this person is white. I can't stand white people. Really? You don't like white people because of the color of their skin, and you say that you're a Christian? Where is the love in that? God wants us to love our enemies. God wants us to love every single person. That doesn't mean you have to get along with them. That doesn't mean you go out and say, hey, let's go have dinner. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that that happens. But you got to love them enough that you would want to see them in heaven one day. I may not agree with what they're doing. I may not agree with what they say. But God, don't send them to hell. Lord, have them, make them have an encounter with you. I want to see them in heaven one day, change their lives around. When you really love people, you see them beyond where they're at right now. Now, that does not mean that you don't put boundaries in place. Because some people will come in and mess up your whole life if you don't put boundaries in place. That's a whole nother sermon. Some of y'all need to be like, when you see somebody coming, lock your doors, close your windows, turn off your phone, be like, I see you. You just wave through the window, be like, hey, brother so-and-so, I'll see you later. You know, sometimes we let people into our life we start off with a good day. As soon as that person calls, you're like, oh, day is messed up now. We're giving that person access to us when they don't deserve access. But you got to learn how to love people where they're at and how to love them and what boundaries you need to set in place. Maybe you have some issues you need to deal, out, deal with. Well, ask the Lord to help you root out those issues. But don't live a lifestyle where you're sitting down being angry at one person because of the color of their skin or because of what they have done or because of what they have said because you will be tormenting yourself and you won't experience the full love of Jesus Christ. Love is for everyone. God did not die on the cross for the Republicans. Only. He didn't die on the cross for those third-party ones, which, you know, you don't know what they believe in. God died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for every single person because he was setting the ultimate example of what love is. And love is sacrifice. Everything that I talked about here, in some way, shape, or form, there is a sacrifice that is tied into it. When you love God, there is a sacrifice. And he said his own very example when he said, you know what? I love you so much, even in your past, present, and future sins, I love you so much, I am going to let my son die on the cross for you. I don't care what you're struggling with right now. I love you so much, I let him die for you. I don't care the times where you messed up in the future, but I, I have paid, and my son paid the price so that your sins can be washed away. Yeah. This is love. 
Love is a sacrifice. It will take time. It will cost money. It will cost emotions. You have to learn stuff. It can be easy at times, but at times it can be hard. Love is for everyone. And some of you might be here like, Pastor Rob, I don't feel love. I don't see a spouse nowhere in my future. All I keep seeing is the same five people every week. I don't see a lot of options. God will take care of you. You keep your focus on him. Ladies, the Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. Your man is coming to find you. You don't got to go looking for him. Guys, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Some of y'all need to shut them, but open your eyes and look for the right ones. The right one, not ones. Excuse me. Look for the right one. Uno. As I say in Spanish for those that didn't know Spanish. God can help you find your spouse. Love is sacrifice. God can help you in your marriage. Can I get an Amen. God can make you grow closer to your spouse than you've ever been before. You might have been going through some crazy stuff this year, but the love of God can cause you to grow so much closer. It's, it's crazy because the love of God is powerful. The love of God will teach you how to forgive. The love of God will teach you how to let go and let God just move in and bring in peace and joy, love and kindness. For those of you who are unmarried, God wants to use you in such a powerful way. You're not distracted with the things that other people have to be distracted with. You can full-heartedly give your whole heart to God and say, God, use me for whatever you want me to do, and I will just take joy in that. God can do that in your life. No matter what stage you're in, no matter where you're at, love actually exists. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to deal with anxiety. Some of you feel like you've been cooped up at home because of COVID and you just don't get to see people. You know, I met with some people the other day and I, I gave the man a handshake and he was like, he was almost like shocked. He was like, it was, it was nice to get a handshake. That was so personable. Like they haven't been, that people don't, they don't touch. They don't, and given, understandably so, but when he, that point of contact came into place, it, it felt different. God is love. And even in the midst of the times where you might feel lonely, we have to lean on Jesus. We have to lean on him. We're, you know what? We're actually never alone when you have Jesus Christ in your life. When you have the Holy Spirit living inside, you're never alone. You never have to be by yourself. Some people here, you, you might be by yourself, and you, and you talk to God out loud by yourself. Good. Keep doing it. People might be like, who, is in, who are you having a conversation with? The Lord. That's okay. That's good. Talk to Jesus. You feel lonely? Say, God, I feel lonely, but you know what? You're so good. Show me how I can be a blessing to somebody today. What do you want me to do? Can I send an email to someone? Can I give somebody a phone call? 
Oh, let me tell you this one. I'm going to wrap it up. (laughs) Don't play the woe is me card. You know what the woe is me card? Woe is me. Nobody's called me in three weeks. They don't even know if I'm dead or alive. (sighs) Nobody seems to care. I ain't had groceries in two weeks. I'm starving. Nobody came and checked on me. You will die in that room. You better call somebody, give somebody a, you, you know, some people are just waiting. I want somebody to reach out to me. What if God said, hello, you reach out to somebody. You be a blessing to somebody. If you ever heard from somebody in a while, go check on them. Just, just drop off a, a care package at the door. Be a blessing to them. Cash app them something. Say hello. Send them a, 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 a video greeting. Be the difference. Make the difference. You know, you reap what you sow. If you sit at home and you're mourning, man, I don't got nobody talking to me, and you're not reaching out to nobody, whose fault is that? There's actions that have to be taken. There has to be sacrifice. And you can't, you can't allow the spirit of rejection to come over your life. Because what people often do is allow the spirit of rejection to come over them. And they say, well, nobody really cares about me, so they get depressed, they have anxiety, they deal with all these things, which opens you up to more sickness to come into your life. I'm... If, if you don't deal with this re- spirit of rejection, if you don't deal with the spirit of loneliness and depression and this anxiety, it opens you up for more things to come into your life, even physically in your body. So pray. Ask the Lord to deal with that. Ask the Lord how you can be a blessing to other people, and you will find this out, that when you are a blessing to other people, it will actually give you joy. It will actually make you happy. It will actually make you feel good. Because God is good. His love is real. Love actually exists. It's everlasting. And it's for every single one of us. No matter what stage of life you're in, love actually exists. For you, whether you're single, ready to mingle, whether you're married, Whether you're unmarried, no shame in your game. Where are you at? God can teach you how to love. So if you would, those who are here, can you stand with me real quick, please? I just want to to pray with us all today. You know, I I would be remiss if we didn't talk anything about love today because this could be one of the days where you might be feeling lonely. But you don't have to be alone. God loves you. God has a plan and purpose for your life. He cares so much for each and every single one of us. I pray that today hope arise in your life. Maybe you're struggling trying to figure out, God, when am I going to get married? When am I going to find that person? Or when is that person going to find me? May God bring, settle your heart. That he's working on that for you as 
he's working on you. Let God show you what things need to be changed. Maybe you're in here and your, your marriage is going through a, a rough patch and maybe even loving your family or your children is, is being tough. God can give you grace for that as well. Maybe you're unmarried and you're saying, God, I'm just serving you. I, I don't want to be distracted by um, these, this, another relationship. I just want to keep my focus on you. God loves you too. God wants to use you. You can do so many great things for the kingdom of God. No matter where you're at, God's love can reach you. Now I want to pray. And I'm going to pray for, for everyone today. Even those that are watching online, I want to pray for you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your love. We thank you for the sacrifice that was made through your son, Jesus Christ, who is the example of love. God, I pray for every single person that's in here that's single and that has a desire to get married one day. Father, I pray that you would lead them in the right direction. Don't let them become unequally yoked, but yoke them with the right person. Father, I pray that you would give them the desires of their heart, that in this waiting period, that you would work on them so much that by the time you bring that person or, or you reveal who that person is in their life, they're, they're making headways to doing the right things, that their marriage will be blessed, that their family will be blessed because they took the time to really seek you and to hear your voice. Father, I pray for those who are married. God, give them grace to love each other, even in the hard times, even in the good times. I pray for, for your love to empower them to continue to make the right choices that will be a blessing for their families. I pray that you give them the grace to deal with each other with love and kindness, with peace, with patience. And God, I pray for those who are unmarried that have decided in their heart or is going to decide. Maybe you haven't even showed them that. Maybe that's a desire that they have. Father, bless them. I pray for friends, for people that can come around them and lift them up, family that will encourage them, that will build them up. I, I pray for people that you would put in their lives that they can be a blessing to, that they can train up and help encourage in the things of the Lord. Father, no matter where we're at in life, I thank you that your love actually exists. It's real. It's powerful. Bless your children. I come against the spirit of loneliness and heaviness and the spirit of fear and rejection and anxiety. We cancel those things in Jesus' name. Right now, if anyone can just lift your hand right now, right where you're at. Say, Lord, fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. God, I pray that you just remove everything that does not belong inside of us. Say, I'm, God, I'm open to what you want to do. In Jesus' name.
Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.